Welcome to the Addiction Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and today I have a special guest, Ben Funkhauser, the director of the Refuge in Winterset, Iowa. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you. I'm so excited. I mean, you guys are a brand new program that just opened your doors uh, just about a month or so, maybe two months ago. How long has it been? Yeah, our doors have officially been open. Um, we started in January of this year, so we're uh, wrapping up our second month, I guess, um, real soon here. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, and I know you guys yeah. probably have some openings, so if any listeners have a man that they'd want to send you, they need to do that, right? Yeah, we have currently five openings. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start with uh, a total number of six guys at the max at this point. So, yeah, we'll take take five more. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's great. Well, tell me a little bit about the refuge and and your story with the refuge. Sure. Um, the refuge began, uh, I think, back in 2016, um, and that's kind of when it really began to get some traction and get started. Um, and I got involved in 2017, uh, but it was really just a very simple kind of grassroots beginning. Um, and CJ McMurray is the guy who founded the refuge and, uh, he's, he's the guy God's given a lot of vision to, um, for addiction ministry that's gospel based here in central Iowa. Um, and I got involved to help him, um, just kind of flesh out that vision. And, um, so really it started with a, a Bible study of men at Redeemer Church in Winterset. Um, CJ was leading the Bible study and there was a bunch of guys who kept coming that were struggling with various forms of habitual sin or addiction. And, um, so he began to ask questions with our pastor, Jason Gerwell, um, like how do we specifically reach out to these guys struggling with, um, these addictive sins. And, um, that led to a, um, a specific Bible study called gospel centered recovery, um, and it really was for men or women struggling with habitual sin. And um, that started on a Friday night. And uh, we still run Gospel Center Recovery today. Um, and that happens on Thursday nights now. Um, Thursday is the only night in winter said that there's no AA or NA. And so we wanted to offer, you know, our help and the gospel help on a night when people were looking for something specifically. And uh, so from getting involved with, uh, GCR, Gospel Center Recovery, uh, it just really became apparent that there was a need for guys uh, to have help that was more than just one night a week. Um, these these struggles are so enslaving, these sinful struggles take over so much of guys' lives um, that intensive residential help became to be our vision for the refuge. And so all that turned into the refuge becoming an official 501c3 in about 2017. And uh, we had a big vision um, and we had really no idea how to make it happen. Um, but with the Lord's help and connections with, with you, Mark, and with guys at the, at the addiction connection, uh, we've been able to just step-by-step step, uh, see God be faithful to open the refuge. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. Well, you couldn't be in a better 
area of the country there, right smack dab in the middle, I would think. I mean, uh, people yeah. can get to you and and send people to you right there in the middle of uh, America in Iowa, Winterset, Iowa. And that's where John Wayne was born, am I correct? Yeah, John Wayne was born in Winterset. So um, the house that he was born in is still here, uh, supposedly just like it was when, you know, he lived in it, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they got a big museum, and there's a statue. And um, so, yeah, there's big tourism industry here in Winterset to come see the John Wayne Museum. That's in, right. In birthplace. <laughs> see, our listeners will be glad. They, they had no idea John Wayne was born in Winterset, Iowa, some of them. So they've already. Right. I, I don't think. I don't think he was here for more than nine months or something like that, but he was born here and, and they, they like to let people know that. So. <laughs> well, your ministry's verse on your website is Isaiah 4, 6. Am I right? Or do I have it wrong? Yes. Four, no, that's correct. 4, 6. And Isaiah 4, 6 says, There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. Why did you guys pick that verse? Yeah, you know, that verse really just communicates so much um, of our heartbeat uh, at the refuge. Mostly, you know, we, we like the idea of a refuge. And as we think about guys and um, people struggling with um, drug and alcohol addiction, um, we just think there, there's so much turmoil in their lives, um, you know, and th- for them to have a place to find shelter from that um, and take refuge and find that refuge in Christ and in the gospel um, is really kind of the heartbeat behind why we chose that. And, um, you know, that was that was CJ's baby. You know, he, he had a name going uh, before I was involved, but I think it's a great name. And, uh, you really just want to give people, give men a place where they can get away from the things that have taken over their lives and, uh, and kind of find new life in Christ and, uh, and find a refuge in Christ. So, Yeah, I think about Psalm 91, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so... Just like you said, that's what you want the men to do is to find uh, refuge from the storm and the rain, as Isaiah 4, 6 mentions, and, and all the pressures and all of that, but even more so, find their refuge in God and uh, rest in Him who is their fortress and they can trust. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Well, they've they've been running to so many other things, you know, and I do it myself in my own life. You know, we run to so many other things to find refuge and shelter, and uh, and they just are so enslaving, you know, the sinful things that we run to. And so we want to help men see that they can stop turning to and running to all the other things and find, you know, the, the only real rest and refuge in Jesus Christ. Well, you got involved in the ministry kind of in a in a different way than most do. I mean, a lot of times guys have their own issues, their own problems, and they 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 land in addiction counseling because they 
needed help, and now they're they have a passion to help other people. But you kind of came in a different way. Tell us a little bit about your story about how you got involved with the refuge. Yeah, so um, I, my wife and I, my wife Holly and I moved to Winterset in 2015 to be a part of Redeemer Church. Um, uh, Redeemer was about six months old at that point, and we went to uh, one of its sister churches in Des Moines, Iowa, where we were living. And the Lord led us to Redeemer um, and to Winterset. We moved down here um, and uh, uh, just started getting involved with the church. I, I met C.J. McMurray and and uh, you know we're we're kind of two opposite personalities in a way. You know, CJ is very high energy, and um, you know I'm I'm kind of more level and even keel. And so um, CJ is one of the first people I met, and uh, was very excited, and, and he's become a very great friend. Um, but he had this vision for the refuge, and and CJ is a visionary guy. Um, He's a people person. Um, there, there's nobody else I'd rather stick in a room full of people struggling with addictions and say, you know, go minister to him, to CJ. Um, and he's he's just such a natural that way. But he he doesn't always excel at administrative things and, uh, you know, just uh, the nuts and bolts of how to, you know, step by step make a, a big vision a reality. And so... Um, he asked me to kind of help out and get involved. And this probably was 2017. And at that time, I really thought that God's calling on my life was to full-time pastoral ministry. I wanted to be um, a counseling pastor. And um, so I thought, well, I could help out the refuge for a while. So God opens those doors. And uh, that was really the beginning of God just changing the course of what I thought he had for my life. You know, I had my own ideas and God's ideas were, were going to trump mine. Um, and it was the process. And as we began to kind of get things rolling at the refuge, CJ began to say, you know, I think we would need you here more than part-time. And, and, uh, you know, we were really just kind of on a wing and a prayer at that point. Um, and so for me to do it full-time was, was really the, um, I'd have to leave my job that I had and raise support and, and none of that really sounded like something I wanted to do. Um, so I was really, um, really kind of hesitant. I remember, you know, at least one night specifically where it was becoming clear that God was calling me to the refuge full time. Um, I remember laying in bed one night and just going, this, this isn't my idea. This isn't my plan. And there was just a lot of unknowns involved in it. And um, God just began to do things to show that it was his, his will for me to be at the refuge. Um, and one of them was, uh, as I was reading the book of Jeremiah in my devotions one time, I, I read Jeremiah 1-1, which is a verse that I probably had um, read over probably six or seven times and never given much thought to it. Um, and uh, I was reading Warren Wiersbe's commentary, and it made me stop and think of this verse. But um, in Jeremiah 1-1, it says that Jeremiah is the son of a priest, and uh, Wiersbe in his commentary just said, like, what that meant was that Jeremiah was supposed to be a priest, uh, but God called him to be a prophet. And, uh, you know, it would have been a whole lot easier for Jeremiah to just stay in the family business. Um, and everybody, you know, that he should have been a priest and would have been established, would have been easy, easier than being a prophet. Instead, God called him to, you know, minister his word to people that really didn't want to hear it all the time. And uh, just his his 
comment on the whole passage was, you know, sometimes God changes our plans and calls us to other things, but it's always good and it's always better. And that, that became to be really just kind of my story. Um, God led me to the refuge full time. I began to pray about leaving my, my job to raise support and raise funds so I could do that. Um, our board of directors told me they'd give me some, uh, like basically half a year worth of funding to go out and raise funds if I wanted to do that. And that was back in, um, 2018 that, that they said that. And I, I said, okay, I'll pray about it and see what the Lord does. Um, and about a month later, I found out I was going to get laid off from my job. And, uh, so that was a very clear answer to prayer. And, uh, honestly, um, just probably what it was going to take for God to really move me in that direction. So, um, it was just, the Lord was in, in every step of that way because I, I found out, um, in August of 2018 that I was going to get laid off from my job, but it wasn't going to be till the end of the year. So there just was a lot of time to make the transition really happen well and do it right. And, uh, just God, God changed my plan. I didn't ever really have a struggle, um, with drugs or alcohol. That's never been, been my struggle. I do have my own sin struggles that I battle every day. Um, but between how God led me to the refuge and just the passion for like counseling and ministering the word in a counseling setting, um, there's nothing more exciting to me than, um, residential counseling ministry and being able to sit down with guys day in and day out. Um, and, and minister the word and see God transform their lives. So, well, you guys do. I mean, you just started the residential program, but you've been doing addiction counseling one on one. You've been doing gospel centered recovery, which I think should be gospel centered transformation. But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm right. kidding. But the the weekly no, meetings, your GCR weekly meetings, you've been doing one on one. And then the greatest yeah. thing about what you guys have is you have a church with a pastor who's committed to helping hurting people, and so you have. To me, all of the ingredients to bake a cake, and now with this full-time residential uh, ministry, I mean, you you have all those elements in place to really be a powerhouse ministry connected to the local church, which is really the model that I I love to see, and you guys have that. What a blessing. Yeah, yeah. We're really thankful for Redeemer Church here in Winterset. because we wouldn't want to do this uh, separated from a church uh, and from the local church. Um, you know, I had a guy four or five months ago say he wanted to start an addiction ministry that wasn't connected to a church because there's so many people who need help, but they don't want to come to church. And I just, just thought that's a terrible idea. You know, like that's, that's not going to go well. And uh, we, we love the church and we're so thankful to have a church that it just has their arms wide open for the guys from the refuge to be there and be involved and we've built so much of our program around the church because we want guys from day one at the refuge to know that the local church is important not just while you're in our program but it's essential when you get out of our program um, if they want to continue to walk with the lord and so we just want to build that into their lives while they're here for eight months and and pray to the lord that it continues when they leave so yeah well in uh Tell us a little bit about your your pastor and his heart, Jason. Yeah, so Jason, um, you know, he he grew up in a in a home that was just torn apart by addiction. Um, you know, both his parents were very deep into that world, and uh, 
just lots of anger and violence and addiction. And, and so his testimony is, you know, he didn't know the Lord. He didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, and he was, you know, headed down the same path that he watched his dad be on for many years in college when, uh, you know, he was invited to a Bible study and eventually came to know the Lord as a savior and God just transformed him. And so he has a real heart to just use the experiences that he's had um, to reach out to people hurting and struggling in the same way. And so that's just really kind of driven how um, we've ministered to people at Redeemer. And um, he has a real good understanding that uh, counseling and ministering to people who have these life dominating sins is, is messy and it's up and down and he just gets everything that's involved and uh, and he's committed to the gospel and to the truth of God's word. And so it's just really great to have that backing and um, just to see what, what God is doing. And um, it's been really cool. Yeah. He, he's a gifted guy too. I mean, you know, yeah. You guys really have a special yeah. guy in in him. Uh, yeah, he's a great preacher and he's a great counselor. And uh, you know, he just he he's he's going and going for the Lord. You know, and we're we're really thankful to have him. Oh yeah. Well, and you're in a in a bigger network too. So your church. Tell us a little bit about how your church fits into this larger network of churches. Yeah, so Redeemer Church is part of what's called the Engaged Network. Um, and uh, the Engaged Network started with basically one church, Fayetteville uh, Church in Des Moines, Iowa. And um, something like 15 years ago, I don't know what the actual, I think it's about 15 years. But 15 years ago, Fayetteville um, was called of God to plant a church. So they planted their first church. Um, and so that created the Engaged Network. And uh since then, um, Redeemer is the the fourth church plant that has come out of Fayetteville Church in Des Moines, and so that's how this engaged network has has grown. And it's really just um, it's a network of uh, gospel-minded churches, churches that are committed to um, Jesus Christ and, and the Word and the gospel. Um, and we were rejoicing in in the engaged network because this year. Um, Lakeside Fellowship, which was the first church planted way back when, um, Lakeside planted a church. And so um, it's almost like, you know, Sailorville is a grandparent church, you know, or whatever. Um, but the Lord's just been gracious to see this network grow, and now there's six churches. And um, the guy, the guy is doing cool things within the network, just even as far as addiction ministry. Um, Sailorville Church in Des Moines started uh, their own GCR ministry or gospel center recovery uh, about two months ago. And so um, it's just been really cool to see that happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cause our, um, our passion has always been to see local churches get more involved um, just on the ground level with ministering to people with addictions. And that's been something that drives us at the refuge. We're, we're all about the addiction uh, residential ministry, but we also love to see more churches getting involved. And I know, Mark, that's so close to your heart and, and really we, we kind of follow your lead in that way. But so we're, we're excited about the Engage Network. Um, and we think, you know, God can uh, really just bring people to the refuge, even within our church communities with, you know, six different churches being represented. And uh, we're excited what God's doing. 
Well, it's great, and uh, it's just so nice to hear about a church that's reaching out and reaching uh, people who are generally cast off, not just by society, but sometimes even by churches, just because churches tend to think they can't help, they don't know what to do, and here you guys are rolling up your sleeves, and you're getting after it, and it's a local church that's doing this. I just, I love it. I just get so excited. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, I remember... Sure, man. We're we're thankful for you and for your leadership. And one of the things that I I remembered for a long time, there several years ago, um, the ACBC did a a regional conference at Fayetteville Church in Des Moines, and uh, Dr. Heath Lambert, who was the director at that point, was meeting with some people from our church network before the conference. And one of the things he said was, uh, you know, just encouraging those of us who were there. He said, if you're committed to the scriptures and you're committed to love people like Jesus, um, you can't make anything worse in anybody's life, you know, so you might as well just get involved. And <laughs> That's right. As I think about addiction ministry, um, you know, we're, we're three weeks into having an actual resident here at the refuge and we are learning a lot of things as we go. I mean, even like the last three weeks, um, you know, we're adjusting, we're making changes and we're just, we're learning as we go. But the thing that, that kind of settles my heart and all this and keeps me grounded in the Lord is if I'm going to stay close to the scriptures and try to love people like Jesus did, um, I can't make it any worse. And so that's kind of the thing that, that keeps me going at times. That's, so That's so good. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, people have messy lives and so we're just trying to step in and, and help and, you know, you, you really can't push them any further away from God than they already are when they're not saved right. and not living for him. So, yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and we're going to have you on for part two, Ben. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. I hope our listeners will listen in to part two with Ben Funkhauser of The Refuge. Mm-hmm.